Do you feel that your church has left you? That it has moved so far away from what the Bible teaches that you feel as though you are a stranger in a foreign land? Are you seemingly one of the few left who believes in absolute moral truths? Are you out of step with mainstream because you believe God reveals the standards of right and wrong through His book, the Bible? If you answered yes to these questions, you're part of a shrinking breed as modern Christianity moves away from the Bible as its guide. Dr. George Barna, director of the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, revealed these findings in the American Worldview Inventory 2020 regarding American evangelicals. The most startling realization regarding the theological reformation in progress is how many people from evangelical churches are adopting unbiblical beliefs. Perhaps the most alarming of the shifts is that a majority of adults aligned with an evangelical church, 52%, contend that there is no absolute moral truth. In their view, truth is uniquely determined by each individual according to their preferences and circumstances. That perspective equates to most evangelicals believing that the Bible is either not inerrant or trustworthy in its content, or that the Bible is neither completely true nor reliable. That stand as a radical and critical departure from the traditional teachings and biblical reliance of evangelicals. The picture is even more bleak among Pentecostals, mainline Christian denominations, and Catholics. What is happening, my friends, and where is this leading? Dr. Barna surveyed 51 beliefs and behaviors among Christian groups, and he found that rather than transforming the culture around them with biblical truth, the opposite is happening. American Christianity is rapidly conforming to the values of the post-Christian secular culture. What we see today is a generation that worships a God of their own image, rather than seeing God as He reveals Himself. And does any rational person think that such an idol of the mind can bring life after death? Perhaps you are among the increasing minority who believes that the Bible is God's instruction book for mankind. If so, this program is for you. While some claim there is nothing you have to do to be saved, on today's Tomorrow's World, I'll give you three biblical requirements as explained from the Bible. So stay tuned. A warm welcome to all of you joining us today here at Tomorrow's World, where we help you make sense of your world through the pages of the Bible. On this program, we'll take a look at where truth and morality are heading in our Western world and what you should do about it. I'll also be offering a vitally important free resource. There's no cost to you, as everything we offer here at Tomorrow's World has been paid for in advance. Ordering this vital resource and reading it along with the biblical references found in it may be the most important decision of your life. So be sure to take down our contact information as it is shown throughout this program. The Cultural Research Center released these findings about the state of religion and their American Worldview Inventory 2020. 
and majority. 52% of evangelicals reject absolute moral truth. 61% do not read the Bible on a daily basis. The study found that one-third to one-half of evangelicals in the survey embrace a variety of beliefs and behaviors counter to biblical teaching and long-standing evangelical beliefs. The report looked at four different groups. The second one was Pentecostals and Charismatics. Regarding this group, they reported that two-thirds, that's 69%, reject absolute moral truth. 54% are unwilling to define human life as sacred, with half claiming the Bible is ambiguous in its teaching about abortion. It's difficult to believe that any individuals claiming to be Christian no matter which group of Christianity they may be roughly placed into, can reject the Bible as their guide to truth. After all, is it not the Bible that informs us about the life of Christ from which the term Christian is derived? Either the Bible is true or it's not. And if it's not reliable, then why pretend to be a believer in it? But when it comes to what are broadly called mainline Protestants, the report found that 60% of mainline Protestants' beliefs directly conflict with biblical teaching. Truth and morality are relative. Life has no inherent value or purpose, so individuals should pursue personal happiness or satisfaction. And traditional religious practices are no longer seen as central or essential to their Christian faith. It should be obvious by these results that religion in America and in the rest of the Western world is more and more a feel-good exercise with no transcendent value beyond the here and now. So it should not surprise us that people are living their lives for today only, as shown by the report's analysis of the state of Catholics in America, which were similar to mainline Protestants but even less restrained in behavior. Today's Catholics are more permissive than other groups, being most likely to accept sexual relations outside of marriage, lying, speeding, and refusal to repay a loan as morally acceptable behaviors. If you're discouraged by what you see happening in your denomination, perhaps it's time to step back and ask some important questions. Why have you chosen the denomination or church that you have? Was it because you were born into it? Was it because it was convenient to where you lived? Was it because of friends and associates? What exactly do you believe and why? And have you been deceived about what God requires of you? We've all seen the bumper sticker with religious symbols spelling out coexist. And yes, we need to be at peace with those who believe differently from us. But can all religions be correct? Do all roads lead to the same destination? Think about that. And fundamentally, has God left it up to each of us to decide right and wrong and how He is to be worshipped? Let's be honest with ourselves. More and more people who claim to be spiritual today are forming God in their own image. The Bible is no longer the standard of truth. Spirituality has become an exercise in making you feel better about yourself. And for many, religion is no more than entertainment.
The biblical standards of right and wrong have been subjugated to shifting societal trends. What does a sincere seeker of truth need to do in this current state of affairs? You can't change the state of the world, but you can make sure that you are personally in line with God. You may have been told there's nothing you need to do other than profess Jesus Christ and accept Him as Lord and Savior. It's all been done for you. But is that what the Bible really says? The answer is an emphatic no. There is more to professing Jesus Christ as Savior than you may have been told, and I'll prove that to you in the remainder of this program. For example, do you realize that Jesus and His apostles and others commanded people to be baptized? Yes, baptism is a requirement given by Jesus. And in the remainder of this program, I'll show you why baptism and two other requirements are so important. But for now, let's begin with requirement number one, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. We'll look at this meaningful ceremony in a minute. But first, I want to offer you a copy of our free publication titled, Christian Baptism, Its Real Meaning. This booklet goes into far greater detail than I have time available on this program. If you'd like to learn more about this important subject from the pages of the Bible, call now for your copy of Christian Baptism, Its Real Meaning. It's yours free for the asking. Or you can go to twtv.org forward slash baptism to order a copy and I'll be right back to explain why baptism is so important for every true seeker of God's way. Dive deeper into God's Word with today's free offer. All you need to do is call 1-800-236-0531 or go to twtv.org baptism. Experience the excitement and fulfillment that comes through a better understanding of God's Word. This offer, backed by the truth of Scripture, will guide you in your study of the Bible. The timeless material is straightforward, easy to understand, and will strengthen your knowledge of this important topic. We want you to understand the truth of Scripture and believe it should never be sold. That is why we are making this available to you absolutely free. If you're calling for the first time, you will also receive a free annual subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine. Ten inspiring issues full of news, science, and historical articles will help you make sense of your world through the pages of the Bible. People around the world are turning to tomorrow's world as their one source for truth, prophecy, and hope. Call now. Welcome back. Today we're looking at the state of religion in America and our Western world, and we're discussing three requirements God gives in His Word, the Bible. There are more but that's all we have time for on today's program. As I've already mentioned, requirement number one is be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. For far too many, religion is something that we each make up in our own minds. Instead of looking to God to tell us what He expects of us, we see mere men trying to tell God what He should expect of us. But how can this please God if He truly exists? As Dr. Roderick C. Meredith asks in his treatise, Christian Baptism, Its Real Meaning, if Jesus and the early apostles do not represent the standard for true Christianity, 
then what is that standard? There was once a man named Saul who sincerely thought he was doing right until God struck him down. He was on his way to persecute Christians at Damascus when a blinding light knocked him to the ground. This was the beginning of a dramatically changed life for the man that was later known as the Apostle Paul. What followed three days later is recorded for our instruction. Still blinded from the light, Saul was visited by a man named Ananias, who was commanded to come to him. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. And note this, he arose and was baptized. Notice that among other things, Saul submitted himself to the humble ceremony of baptism. We also read of a group of several thousand people who followed the traditions into which they were born, but one day they also had their feet knocked out from under them, and their eyes were opened. It was the day of Pentecost shortly after the crucifixion of Jesus. God got their attention while they were assembled at the temple in Jerusalem. This was when the Apostle Peter preached a powerful sermon to the Jews. They were looking for the Messiah, and Peter convicted them that they murdered him. Notice his words and their response in Acts the second chapter, verses 36 and 37. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? How many people asked themselves that critical question, What shall I do? Have you, my friends, or have you simply gone along with human traditions, perhaps the religion of your parents, your spouse, or your friends, but never genuinely read the Bible for what it really says. Notice Peter's response in the next verse. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This was a clear command to be baptized that our sins may be forgiven. So why is it, dear viewers, that some think baptism is unnecessary? Do they not want their sins forgiven? We see that Saul, later known as the Apostle Paul, was baptized. We see from that first Pentecost following the crucifixion that 3,000 people obeyed Peter's command and were baptized. And further, we see that Jesus himself was baptized not because he needed sins forgiven, but to set the example for us. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. That's from Matthew, the third chapter, verses 13 to 15. Now, if Jesus set the example, have you followed his example? Further, we've seen that Paul was baptized, that Peter commanded baptism to those present at Pentecost, and some 3,000 responded. 
I could show that Jesus' disciples baptized more than John the Baptist, that the Ethiopian eunuch was baptized, and there are many more examples like these. Our resource, Christian Baptism, its real meaning explains the symbolism and deep meaning behind the ceremony. This free resource asks these thought-provoking questions and gives biblical answers. What do you see when you look at yourself? How badly do you personally need God's forgiveness? Is your baptism really valid and acceptable in God's sight? I sincerely hope you will take us up on this absolutely free offer. Do it today before you forget, and I'll be back to show you a second requirement found in your Bible. Find real answers, gain hope, and learn the truth faster than ever before. All you need to do is call 1-800-236-0531 or go to twtv.org baptism. As you will see from our resource, Christian Baptism, Its Real Meaning, baptism is not something you should view as optional. It's found as a command throughout the New Testament scriptures. But should you run out today and dunk yourself in the river? Or is there more to it? Perhaps you were baptized as an infant. I was told that I was, though as with most others, I can't remember it. Is that what Jesus expects of us? The late Dr. Roderick C. Meredith makes this confession in Christian baptism its real meaning. I was baptized as a helpless little infant, unable even to discern my left hand from my right hand, let alone able to grasp the enormity of sin and deeply repent of my sins and accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. Was I then a true Christian? Of course not. Perhaps you have noticed a word that is closely associated with baptism. So it's time to look at the second requirement. Requirement number two, you must repent of your sins. I know that my parents were no doubt sincere when they had me baptized as an infant, but that is simply not what God expects, as anyone who searches the scriptures may discern. An infant cannot meet this requirement to repent of his sins. The reason behind baptizing infants is another story based on false assumptions and false doctrines. But that's a whole different subject that I don't have time to cover on this program. Again, I don't say this to condemn anyone, but as an act of love to inform you. Repentance is found throughout the New Testament. But notice once again, Peter's command on the day of Pentecost is found in Acts 2.38. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. My friends, have you repented of your sins and have you been baptized? If not, why not? And what does it mean to repent of your sins? Many think they know, but they've never looked into the biblical definition of sin. Notice it in 1 John 3 and verse 4. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Or as the old King James puts it in a little more archaic language, but in a way that leaves no doubt as to the meaning, whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Now, why is this important? Few realize today how far Christianity has strayed from that of Jesus 
the Apostles, and Original Christianity. As I wrote in the November-December 2020 edition of Tomorrow's World magazine, in an article titled, Should You Recite the Sinner's Prayer? The drunkard or adulterer may recognize his or her need to say a sinner's prayer, but does either one realize that turning around and going in another direction also involves turning away from a false Christianity that has sought to change the laws of God, Daniel 7:25, and has effectively turned grace into an excuse to break God's law, Jude, first chapter, verse 4. So far, we've looked into two requirements and fundamental truths for those who hope to inherit eternal life. Requirement number one was, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And number two, you must repent of your sins. Neither of these negates grace, but as Paul states in Romans the fourth chapter and verse 15, because a law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. No, the law was never intended to forgive its own transgression. One can never obtain salvation by his own efforts at keeping the law, since we all fall short. But does that negate the law? Let's let the Apostle Paul answer that question. Notice it in Romans 3 and verse 31. Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. Paul went on to say in the sixth chapter in verse 15, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. False ministers have twisted the scriptures, confused the issue, and offered a cheap grace where nothing is required, where Christ has done it all for you. But notice how Paul describes the purpose of the law. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. No, dear friends, the Bible is clear. We must repent, meaning turn around and go a different direction. There's much more that can be said on this subject, but I want to give you one more requirement given by Jesus himself, a requirement that is almost universally overlooked. But before I do, let me remind you again of today's offer. Christian baptism, its real meaning. You need this easy to read resource, even if you think you have been baptized according to scripture. Your eternal life depends on a proper understanding of this subject. So why not see if there's anything you are overlooking? You will learn how to be sure to count the cost, the keys to changing your life, does obedience earn salvation? You need this resource. Call or go to twtv.org forward slash baptism to order a free copy of Christian Baptism, its real meaning. And when I come back, I'll give you a third New Testament requirement, a command from Jesus himself that few recognize or understand. Dive deeper into God's Word with today's free offer. All you need to do is call 1-800-236-0531 or go to twtv.org slash baptism. Experience the excitement and fulfillment that comes through a better understanding of God's Word. This offer, backed by the truth of Scripture, will guide you in your study of the Bible. 
the timeless material is straightforward, easy to understand, and will strengthen your knowledge of this important topic. We want you to understand the truth of Scripture and believe it should never be sold. That is why we are making this available to you absolutely free. If you're calling for the first time, you will also receive a free annual subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine. Ten inspiring issues full of news, science, and historical articles will help you make sense of your world through the pages of the Bible. People around the world are turning to Tomorrow's World as their one source for truth, prophecy, and hope. Call now. Before the break, I said I would give you a New Testament command that almost no one recognizes. It's found at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. These are the words of Jesus Himself as recorded in Mark, the first chapter, and verses 14 and 15. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So here we have a third New Testament requirement. Number one was, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Number two was, you must repent of your sins. And the third requirement is, believe the gospel of the kingdom of God. How many students of the Bible read right over this without recognizing its importance? Why would Jesus command us to believe a message about the kingdom of God? And what is the kingdom of God? Many think the gospel is a message about Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection. But what was his message for three and a half years prior to his death, burial, and resurrection that he preached wherever he went? Notice Luke, the fourth chapter, and verses 42 and 43. Now, when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place, and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. Time and again, Jesus began a parable by saying something similar to this, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? People of his day wondered if he would set up his kingdom at that time, and the apostles preached the message of the kingdom of God after his resurrection. Do you know what that kingdom is that Jesus preached? And do you deeply believe it? Many concerned citizens see our world going in a bad direction. Some churchgoers see their lifelong denominations changing to conform to ever-changing social mores. Perhaps you're one of them but don't know what to do about it. Now might be a good time to step back and ask yourself, why do you belong to the denomination or the church that you do? Maybe it's time to actually prove from the Bible what you believe. If you believe the gospel of the kingdom of God, if you have repented of your sins and want to be baptized, we invite you to contact us and ask for a true minister of Jesus Christ to counsel with you about these matters. And we invite you to join us every week on Tomorrow's World. In this world of growing chaos and confusion, you need the solid guidance that comes from your Bible. Richard Ames, Wallace Smith, Rod McNair, and I will keep sharing with you the truth of your Bible, the good news of the coming kingdom of God, the teachings of Jesus Christ, and the exciting end-time prophecies and their meaning. 
So be sure to join us again next week, right here at the same time. Find real answers, gain hope, and learn the truth faster than ever before. All you need to do is call 1-800-236-0531 or go to TWTV.org baptism. People around the world are turning to tomorrow's world as their one source for truth, prophecy, and hope. Call now. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.